0: Good morning and welcome to the Monroe Church of Christ Sunday morning Bible study I'm Derek Glover the preacher at the Monroe Church of Christ and we appreciate all of you joining us this will be the final Sunday morning that we are live with our Bible study as we've been mentioning uh, in our recent videos and uh, on our social media we will be returning to in-person Bible studies here at our building which is going to necessitate that we offer these lessons pre-recorded from here on out Uh, we will have one more live bible study and that will be the midweek study this week uh, as we uh, wrap up our series on how we got the bible and then after that you will be able to see uh, bible lessons at the same time and in the same place you've been watching these but they will be pre-recorded we continue to encourage questions and comments on those various platforms and we look forward to you joining us and checking out our website monroechurchofchrist.org for the audio uh, from those Bible lessons, that you can listen to at your convenience, as well as video archives of those and other Bible lessons that you might be able to use for your study or in a home setting or in a, a group Bible study setting. Uh, we look forward to you joining us in that way and we look forward to getting into the conclusion of the epistles of John uh, as we've been studying. We finished first John last week and now we're gonna tackle second and third John because they're relatively short. All in one shot here so we'll get a nice little survey and interesting to see the similarities and we've talked about this because prior to this this study we were talking about the Gospel of John written by the Apostle John uh, very definitively and um, and the latest of the Gospels written the most the most recent if you can think of it that way and he took an approach of describing to us our relationship with God and how that's facilitated by Jesus Christ and therefore it creates a transitive relationship god love god, god sent his son whom he loved jesus jesus loves us and died for us we enter into a covenant relationship through the blood of christ and therefore we show love to fellow christians and to one another and that love which comes from God through us to the community is returned through us to, through Christ and to God. So we have this relationship, and I have flies buzzing around me, I, I must not be moving enough. Um, we, so we, we have this relationship through Christ. That is reiterated in 1 John, although the authorship of that particular letter is unsure, whoever it was that wrote it, Uh, certainly had some knowledge of the things that John was preaching and continued to do so, talking about that relationship and focusing very much on something that this second epistle focuses on as well. So let's begin in in the second uh, epistle of John. The elder to the chosen lady and her children whom I love in truth, and not only I but also all who know the truth, this is the address of the, the epistle. This is the greeting that we find in many uh, letters in scripture. And he refers to himself as the elder. So we, we don't know who this person is, but it seems very likely it is the same author of the first letter because of the, some of the words he's going to use and some of the language he's going to engage in. Uh, refers to himself as the elder. Elders would, would, would have been a common thing amongst churches. Uh, this just sem- Now we think of elders, by the way, at least in the churches of Christ, as appointed leaders of a congregation and that certainly is a term used to refer to that in certain contexts in Scripture but also uh, the elder uh, would have just been someone who was older but not even necessarily so someone who was considered a leader uh, spiritually amongst the church who gave guidance who offered wisdom and so he refers to himself as the elder to the chosen lady now who would be the chosen lady well think about how the church is described in Scripture as the bride of Christ, so this is the chosen lady. He's writing to the church and her children, so Christians everywhere. Whom I love in truth, not only I, but all who know the truth. He's expanding that universe of believers uh, and speaking on their behalf. For the sake of the truth, which abides in us and will uh, be with us forever, grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Son of the Father in truth and love. And then he begins in verse four, I was very glad to find some of your children walking in truth, just as we have received a commandment to do from the father. Now, I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, but the one which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. Now, uh, again, does that sound very similar to what he says in his first letter? that we're talking about what is, the, what is the basis of all of this? What is the number one thing? Not only does this echo the, the, the previous letter, not only does this echo the Gospel of John's focus, but it also echoes Christ himself when, when he said that the greatest commandment is that you love the Lord your God, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And so he says, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this is the commandment, and it's not new. It's the one we've had and will have that uh, you love one another verse six and this is love that we walk according to his commandments this is the commandment just as you have heard from the beginning that you should walk in it for many deceivers have gone out into the world those who do not acknowledge christ jesus as coming in the flesh this is the deceiver and the antichrist again i'll reiterate that word antichrist has been so wildly misused as though there's some individual that's going to present himself in this world and battle it out with jesus Uh, we're battling it out all the time we're battling it out with ourselves we're battling it out with uh, those who preach a different gospel and that's what he's talking about there are those who are preaching among you who deny that jesus was the messiah or that he came in the flesh as time goes on and you get further and further from the time of christ because historical documentation was something that was a bit sketchy um, it began to be the rumor that this jesus person wasn't real or that this didn't happen. As, as you get further from something, more and more people who experienced it, they die. They, they're, they're gone. We, we deal with this still. We deal with these rumors about history and these rewritings of history. It's always boggled my mind, those that would deny thi- historical events, like the Holocaust. You've heard of Holocaust deniers. Uh, they're often not treated very well, except in, in their certain circles. It's always blown my mind how people can deny something that there's evidence of, but when you consider the fact that there's hardly anyone alive now uh, from that period of time. Very few. We're losing our veterans of World War II uh, pretty rapidly, uh, and there are not many left. I was actually reading a very interesting article about a a man who uh, grew up not far from here, the northern part of this state, just across the river in, in Duluth, Minnesota. Uh, that was uh, a man who was the last living participant in the Civil War. Uh, and he passed away uh, in the early 1900s, I believe, uh, or mid to early 1900s. And he was the last one who witnessed in-person battles that were engaged in in the Civil War. He participated in that war, and he's gone. And so are all those who passed before him, and no, there are no eyewitnesses left. To that battle and over time eyewitnesses disappear from historical events and rumors begin to circulate about what happened and and as we've grown in our culture and in our society and humanity we tend to try and keep better records but it would not have been uh, out of the ordinary for someone to come along and and to teach that jesus wasn't who he said he was or that he didn't exist at all and the writer says this is the deceiver and the antichrist Um, interestingly enough deceiver is a word used very often to refer to Satan or the evil one so he encourages them to be mindful of this watch yourselves verse eight that you do not lose what we have accomplished but that you may receive a full reward anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teachings of Christ does not have God the one who abides in the teaching he has both the father and the son there's that transitive property again If anyone comes to you and does not bring his teaching, do not receive him into your house and do not give him a greeting for the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. That is some strong, strong language. So who is this deceiver and this antichrist? And what is it that they're teaching? And what is this teaching we're to abide in? Well, what did the author say was the commandment that we had from the beginning that we always must abide in? Love one another. And why do we love one another? Because God because he offered his son who he loved, and because that son showed us love in being crucified and dying our, on our behalf, we are loved by God and we love others out of respect for that love. If we accept a teaching that Jesus was not who he said he was. Now, I will say today we have, uh, we've discovered and, and verified a lot of historical evidence and most people agree Jesus existed. Whether or not they accept his divinity is a different story and and that remains a point of contention for people who do not believe So we can apply that here in a a modern context that there will be those who teach against the divinity of christ Which is the thing that the gospel writer john fought so hard to make clear and this author does as well And so if we accept that jesus wasn't who he said he was then all of it breaks down and there was no sacrifice offered by god out of love And we do not have the love of God in us, and therefore the commandment to love one another is null and void. You see, if you begin to accept that Jesus wasn't who he said he was, the whole thing breaks down. The gospel has absolutely zero purpose uh, in our life. And he says, so be careful. Don't be carried away by these folks who are preaching against who Jesus was. Because if you do, you're participating in evil. He's got some pretty strong words. Don't welcome them into your house. Don't even say hello to them. You need to ignore these people. And then verse 12, we conclude the this letter. Though I have many things to write to you, I do not wish to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face so that your joy may be made full. The children of your chosen sister greet you. In other words, the the Christians here where I am send their greetings to you where you are, and I hope to join you soon. So in this very short letter, he says a very simple thing. Keep loving one another. There are people who want to teach you things that will destroy the call to love one another. Don't listen to them. Don't participate with them. Don't even welcome them because they are from the evil one. If anyone teaches you that you have the authority to not love someone on the basis of of what they're teaching about Jesus Christ, you need to ignore them. You need to show them the door. You need to walk away. That's very interesting because we've made a lot of different uh, distinctions about who we're to recognize as our brethren and who we're to welcome and who we're to fellowship. And yet this author here in the Holy Scripture tells us it's love everyone uh, just as Jesus loved us, just as God showed love through Christ. And the only one you're supposed to walk away from is the one that's telling you not to love everybody. So let's move to the third letter. And this is a, a little bit different one, but again, we want to Give it its attention as we conclude our, our Sunday morning Bible study series. The third letter of John. In oh, I said series and my watch thought I meant Siri. <laughs> uh, so let's start there. In verse 1, the elder, again referring to himself as the elder, to the beloved Gaius who I love in truth. Very similar greeting, but this to a specific person named Gaius. And we've seen that name elsewhere in scripture. So this is someone who's participated in the ministry of the church in the first century who was known to other Christians. So here, again, assuming it may be the same person. So he says to the beloved Gaius from the elder, uh, whom I love in truth, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. So he's wishing upon him uh, a physical earthly prosperity as well as a spiritual prosperity just as your soul so the primary is the soul prospering but in addition to that my hope that your life is going very well the author says verse 3 for I was very glad when brethren came and testified to your truth that is how you are walking in truth I have no greater joy than this to hear that my children are walking in the truth and he uses this term children as he did in the previous letter to refer to Christians and even spiritual children uh, we know that uh, Paul considered Timothy His son in the faith Uh, these are the people that we have helped to shepherd the people that we have helped to evangelize the people that we have ministered to they are as like our children that we want to, to usher into a strong faith and he said I was so glad to hear that you are walking in truth and that your children are walking in truth and that my children are walking in truth that the Christians that the church that the body of Christ continues to abide in the truth verse 5 beloved you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren and especially when they are strangers and they have testified to your love before the church and that's important cuz he's saying you know it's you become known as a people who are walking in truth who are living out the things that you teach this is about walking the walk and and the writer here says that it's it's become known That you are people who do this and the strangers that you minister to you minister to strangers You don't just welcome your own you welcome those you don't know and you show them the love of Christ and they're testifying about you It's it's becoming known who you are boy. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? For the church today if we became known in our communities and throughout the world as the people who cared for one another the people who welcomed strangers and and taught them and encouraged them and brought them to know Christ and took care of them that would be wonderful and that's what it seems that these Christians that he's writing to and Gaius were were doing so it's become known um, because you're acting faithfully and they testify to your love before the church you will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God for they went out for the sake of the name accepting nothing from the Gentiles therefore we ought to support such men so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. Uh, in, in other words, you've, you've now uh, grown church. You have um, brought many converts. You've shown kindness and love to strangers. You've brought them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, don't just sit where you are. You need to equip them and send them out because they can spread the gospel as well. Uh, and, and they need to continue doing that, and you can be fellow workers with them. Here we have... A directive for mission work in this third epistle of John I wrote something to the church but uh, Diotrephes who, who loves being first among them does not accept what we say so here's some private correspondence here again it's always important to remember when we're reading these letters in the New Testament we're reading someone else's mail don't know that this author ever intended for this to be something so widely circulated. So keep in mind that context. And he's saying that I wrote something uh, to, to these people, but there was one among them who really wants to be number one. He doesn't like this idea of loving everyone and welcoming everyone and, and being, uh, you know, uh, this community of belief. He wants to be the one up front. He wants to be the star. So he didn't accept what we had to say. Verse 10, for this reason, if I come, I will call attention to his deeds, which he does, unjustly accusing us with wicked words and not satisfied with this. He himself does not receive the brethren either, and he forbids those who desire to do so and puts them out of the church. So this this church he's writing to, these Christians he's writing to, there's a problem amongst them, somewhere near them, something that's known by both parties of this letter clearly. He says, I wrote a letter. I encouraged a few things but there was someone there because of their selfish ambition because of their self-centeredness rejected what i had to say and this person's doing some key things wrong now this letter is a contrast to the previous one and it's a contrast to the theme of the epistles of john remember we have a transitive relationship with god through christ and that means we love one another wholeheartedly but someone among their group uh was apparently not engaged in this sort of attitude he was selfish he was self-righteous and he accused john and others or this author and others of uh, of evil things of wicked things and he doesn't fellowship other christians and he kicks people out of the church he's building his own kingdom he's not building the lord's kingdom and so he says when i get there i'm going to rebuke him and i'm going to rebut these things And then 11, verse 11, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Look for good examples and follow after them. The one who does good is of God. The one who does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. And we add our testimony and you know that our testimony is true. I had many things to write to you, but I'm not willing to write them to you with pen and ink. Very similar to the previous letter. And I hope to see you shortly, and I will speak face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. The friends being Christians, your fellow Christians. All of these Christians greet you, and you should greet one another. And that doesn't just mean saying hello. That means welcoming them. It means being uh, hospitable. And it means offering grace and a relationship and kindness and good deeds. So in these letters, this writer is encouraging a good many things. First, in the first letter, he rec- he, he uh, is is encouraging them to continue in the walk in the light, continue to be faithful to God, continue to be faithful to the gospel, continue to preach the love of God and the love we have for one another. And in the second and third letters, he writes to individuals and to church, and to a, a local church and says, hey, I'm gonna come see you and I've got a lot of things to encourage you with, but in the meantime, let me tell you in in... Second, John, he says, you're doing a great job. Keep doing it. I know there's some people out there telling you not to welcome everyone and not to be uh, loving to others, but don't listen to them. They're not from God because they don't preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in this third letter, he says, we've got a person that's causing some problems because they're building their own kingdom. Don't listen to them. Keep doing what you know is right. Don't imitate what is evil, but imitate what is good. Good. And the one who does good is from God. The one who does evil has not seen God. And he does encourage them. I've heard good things about what's going on there, and I look forward to seeing you. The attitudes demonstrated in these letters, which are often overlooked and very rarely studied uh, in depth um, because of the nature of them, they're strange. You know, you can read Paul, and e- even when he's writing to a specific group of people, his teachings are quite broad. His teachings seem quite uh, over overarching. Even when writing to Timothy or writing to the church in Rome, he's saying big things, helping give guidance to how we live out the gospel in broad terms as a church. The epistles of John are very focused. They're very uh, individual. In fact, he mentions individuals by name in these letters. And and, and so it feels uh, very, very specific. And sometimes we have trouble applying that. But it's very simple to take something that's specific and apply it broader. Because he is pretty broad in how he describes these issues. And he says, look, just keep loving one another. Keep welcoming one another as Christians and as brethren. And don't be creating division. And don't be creating strife. And don't be following after these rumors that Jesus wasn't who he said he was. And certainly don't allow people to build their own kingdom. Flee from them. Now notice that contrast. Welcome everyone who is a believer Don't don't cast people out. Don't divide people who do you divide from who do you run from you run from the people that are creating division? Interesting letters. They're not preached often enough. They're not studied often enough But I'm glad that we've had the opportunity to look at them together And I'm glad you decided to join us to do that. So we're gonna take on some new things in the coming weeks um again as i mentioned we'll have our midweek study to conclude how we got the bible later this week and then after that you'll have these lessons available pre-recorded posted at the same time as always so if it's part of your routine then we want to keep it part of your routine but we're going to begin studying um, on uh, on on sunday morning the uh the letter to the ephesians so we're going to be looking at ephesians beginning next sunday morning and in the midweek beginning Not this coming, but the next week, uh, we are going to start a series on the book of Revelation. Boy, does that sound scary? Uh, It does. Try being the one teaching it. (laughs) I'm just as scared as you are. Revelation is often one of those we just kind of say, okay, man, I don't want to deal with that because it can be hard. But we're going to take a a, a very practical approach to it. I hope that you'll join us uh, as we conclude how we got the Bible this week and as we start up new classes next week wherever you're watching this from, or if you're in the Monroe area, you just come right on into our building, and we'll be here at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings, six thirty on Wednesday nights. Thanks so much for joining us. Our worship service will be coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, and we look forward to you joining us live for that.